3: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
4: welcome in it's another week right here on game time decisions i'm your host Kevin Walsh, we have a lot of action to get to here over these next two hours as we are, of course, counting down kickoff Monday Night Football, the first time this season as we close out week number one in the National Football League, the New York Jets, their brand-new quarterback Aaron Rodgers against the Buffalo Bills, my pick to win Super Bowl 58. It is a pack show here on a Monday. The legend Scott Farrell stops by in just 10 minutes' time, so don't you go anywhere. And then, of course, we've got Joe Ranieri. Joe Madden, Joe Lisi, and Taylor Mathis breaking the trend as well to help us break tonight's Monday night football game down and find also some other opportunities on this slate, whether that be the baseball board or perhaps even the futures market. But we started off, as I said, Monday night where the Bills are a 2, 2.5 point maybe in some spot favorite here over the New York Jets to win tonight's matchup on the road as we have a total that was 45 and a half, but is dropping just a touch here as we've got ourselves some weather concerns, at least for the early portions of this game. Should not look like that Sunday nighter did, of course, in that same stadium. We will break this down, the Allen props, the Rodgers props. and In fact, we will get you a Josh Allen prop in this opening segment here. But putting an eye towards the weekend, of course, the first slate of Of Sunday action was going to bring us a number of changes and I'm not sure any game delivered more changes in the futures market than that game between the Los Angeles Chargers a three-point favorite who lose outright at home against the Miami Dolphins this game soaring over that listed total anywhere from 50 50 and a half 51 with 70 points put on the board the Miami Dolphins Proceed now to watch Tua Tunga-Vailoa back and in action. Throws for 466 passing yards, three passing touchdowns as our radio audience is here on a Monday night. Kevin Walsh, Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 159. This is game time decisions, but as I was saying, you get Tyreek Hill doing almost what felt like all the damage. That big two a day certainly mattered. And again, it's mattered in the futures market. 466 passing yards, three passing touchdowns. In fact, it's put him as the MVP favorite at one book. We'll talk about the viability of Tua in that market, but the Tyreek viability feels legit. The new favorite to win offensive player of the year, 11 catches, 200 plus receiving yards, and two touchdowns in that football game. It felt like it could have been more. more. I'll tell you right now, I took a piece of Tua at better than 10 to 1 to win that offensive player of the year Tyreek says he has his eye on 2,000 receiving yards this season he flirted with that by the way if you pace out what he was able to do in the games alongside Tua who's to doubt Tyreek Kill looks special in week number one against the Chargers and of course this also impacts the AFC futures market here a Miami team booked as the third team in their own division a Chargers team with Kansas City losing on opening night you thought maybe you had a chance to make headway instead they lose that game and we found out less than an hour ago that Chris Jones is back for the Kansas City Chiefs signing a one-year deal with KC to remain of course that will be a big boost assuming he is out there on the field for those Chiefs this week as they go to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars let's get to Sunday night football Uh uh-oh 40 nothing 40-0, one of the biggest week one pieces of domination we have ever seen at the hand of the Dallas Cowboys as they rout their divisional rival. They did so as a three, three three-and-a-half-point favorite. This game stayed under despite Dallas touching 40 because of that shutout by their defense. Their defense went out, blocked the field goal, returned for a touchdown. Opportunistic with a pick six early in this game, one of two Daniel Jones picks, In this matchup, and the New York Giants right now have to be sat there feeling pretty awful about themselves, paid $40 million for their quarterback who proceeded to go out there, no touchdowns, limped over 100 passing yards, playing the entirety of this football game except for the final drive with a minute left where they let Tyrod get out there. Next week, they make a trip. They go and play the Arizona Cardinals who lost to the Commanders, a Commanders team that has now jumped the New York Giants' In their market to win the NFC East, a disaster for the New York Giants. No other way to describe it. But look, not the only team that had a disaster weekend, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Unfortunately for me, someone who bet that team at 6-1 to one to win the national championship, those odds have been quadrupled. More than that, better than 30-1, to actually, you can find on Alabama after they get rolled by Texas in their own building. 34-24, your final score. Quinn Ewers answering the bell, has the fourth-best odds to win the Heisman Trophy as he was able to hit the deep pass a number of times against the Crimson Tide and puts Texas in a position now where not only do they control their own destiny, Texas will be favored in all of their remaining football games. They are viewed as a class of their own in the Big 12 which, of course, would officially mean Texas is back. But Alabama is also going to be favored in all of their remaining games up until, if they get there, an SEC title matchup with the Georgia Bulldogs. Could it be time to buy back in on that Alabama Crimson Tide team? Maybe. We'll break that down a little bit. Let's break down tonight's game a little here. As we said, the Buffalo Bills, a two-point favorite on the road. Total for this game, dipping just a taste, 44.5. But here's a number that I absolutely had to get involved with. A quick pick on Josh Allen over 1.5, passing touchdowns, unreal value in my eyes. Think about the three quarterbacks that are typically talked about at the top of this league. Those quarterbacks would, of course, be Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes, week one, passing touchdown prop, 2.5. Joe Burrow, week one passing touchdown prop, one and a half. Juice, about minus 160. Josh Allen passing touchdown prop, minus 106. What is that? Did he miss this both games against the Jets last year? Yeah, he did. But he knows that. He's aware of that. And this is a team that's going to throw the football... Plenty. They've talked about maybe pulling back just a touch on the Josh Allen runs and where I think you'll see that impact is in the red area. The addition of Dalton Kincaid paired with Dawson Knox gives them incredible red zone targets. So I'm less worried about Sauce Gardner. This is still the number that Josh Allen went over in 12 of 17 games last season. And to get this not get to get this price on over one and a half passing touchdowns. For a guy that I believe has a great opportunity to win league MVP in a season debut, think back to last year, Josh Allen, week one, Los Angeles Rams, what was the defending Super Bowl champions, hung it on that football team. Perhaps tonight could bring more of the same. We will be involved with a couple of other Buffalo Bills props. We'll talk about all of the Aaron Rodgers numbers as well. His passing touchdown prop checks in at one and a half, but you can find plus money on that number. How will he look in this new situation here? Obviously, the familiarity is with Nathaniel Hackett. There's familiarity with Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, but Garrett Wilson, a lot of eyes on him. Dalvin Cook, Brees Hall, how the backfield shakes out for the jets a lot of props for us to break down here on a monday and to help us do that next as i said the legend himself is scott farrell where we not only take a look at monday night football but what happened this past sunday in the nfl the pittsburgh steelers were routed by a san francisco 49ers team that at some shops have actually popped up as the new Super Bowl favorites. Is Scott a believer in Brock Purdy? Is he a believer in this Dallas Cowboys team that's getting all the love? What about the Detroit Lions? Doesn't that feel like it was a decade ago when they beat the Kansas City Chiefs? We break it all down right here on Game Time Decisions. Now we're feeling good. It's Game Time Decisions. I'm Kevin Walsh. Let's waste no time. The man himself, Scott Pharrell steps in. I got to tell you right away, Scott, I see you bopping and bouncing on the way in. I've not heard a lot of feedback on our new intro song. That makes me feel pretty good. How you doing, my man?
6: Yeah, like, I'm feeling like uh, it's groovy, a little funky. I'm feeling a little like I'm you know, hitting it a little. I feel good. And then, like, I noticed that I never have any cool music on anything I do. And, like, my show through the years, if you remember, it was nothing but kick-ass music. And over the years, I've had one suit after the next destroy my vig. They've all ruined me, like with the music. Scott, we can't have you playing rock and roll music underneath your show. You're ruining radio. There's something wrong with you.
4: I can't believe anybody would ever tell you that you're ruining a damn thing, Scott. That wouldn't make any sense to me. Let me get straight to it here. Tonight, Monday Night Football, Aaron Rodgers, do you trust him in this spot against the Buffalo Bills as a slight home underdog? He's great as a home dog, but those are Green Bay statistics. Do you buy in? I don't buy,
6: uh, frankly, uh, the Jets as a whole. I I don't deny Uh, that going into this paper championship season that they're on, uh, where they talk a lot and they're on TV a lot. And that's all anyone ever talks about anywhere, everywhere is the jets. It's jets, 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 jets jets all day. That's all we've been crammed down our throats. And we know their history of futility, failure, and disaster. Uh, I don't think they're going to have that with that guy at the helm. I think he's a great quarterback. And I think they have a very good defense. And I don't deny they have talent. Wilson, I like. Uh, I like mm-hmm. Hall. I like Cook. Uh, they are loaded. We'll see if they can put it all together. But what I do know is that I said today, even on C2C, Josh Allen, I do buy. Josh Allen, yeah. to me, is uh, a young stud Top-level quarterback, one of the best in the game, hands down. And I think Aaron's best days are over. I think that he's still really good. I think he's still, at times, amazing. But he doesn't do the things Josh Allen does, in my opinion. Like, you know, Allen will break out, get out of the pocket, run, get first downs, and this and that. At mm-hmm. Roger's age, him running and getting hit and injured is the end of the Jets. So they need to keep him upright and keep him protected. And I also think the uh, Jets line with Brown and Becton is terrible because Brown and Becton are injured every day of the year. They never play and they're always injured. I give Becton five minutes tonight before he's injured and Brown's already banged up and he's old and finished. I don't buy their line. I think the Bills are a legit better football team. I laid the
4: two. Look, I I like it, Scott. I think it makes a lot of sense here. I think Buffalo's going to be on a mission. They got absolutely embarrassed that last game in the snow, in their building, against the Cincinnati Bengals, and they got the opportunity to really make a statement here uh, against, you know, this Jets team. And, and look, talking about the Bengals, Scott, I do want to get a couple thoughts from you on the weekend here. I I thought the most stunning – look, I thought Cleveland could win the game. But holding Joe Burrow under 100 passing yards, I don't know if he was celebrating too much with the brand-new money. I was stunned to see that final stat line.
6: When you make that much money, 55 mil, uh, over 225 guaranteed, 275 fat bag, uh, nothing matters. Uh, And after the game, he's like, it is what it is. We lost. Uh, We'll get better. Uh, We'll win this week. That was the worst game of his life. Forget about... Mm-hmm. high school college pro that was the worst game of his life they are his kryptonite I am not putting the Browns in the Super Bowl a lot of people just are overreacting to the Browns like they're a gauntlet now I think they're certainly better with Deshaun but they've always given Burrow fits right mm-hmm. I thought there were all kinds of eggs laid I bet on the Niners they kick the Steelers ass uh Bet MGM's biggest liability for the Super Bowl is the Steelers. The Steelers won't sniff the Super Bowl. Seattle's another (laughs) team. They laid an egg. I didn't think New Orleans, they won. I'll give them that. But I didn't think they looked good. There were all kinds of teams that uh, didn't, I didn't think the Eagles looked good. They scored 16 straight. They never scored again after the first quarter. They're lucky they covered. I thought the Jags should have lost. I can't believe I covered that four and a half with that late touchdown. And then the stop of Minshew on fourth down, down by the five. So somebody's got to lose the games, KW. And uh, teams that lose, let's not freak out. Like today I had people saying, you know, Steelers lose to the Browns, their season's over. I know this. In Pittsburgh, they're already calling for Tomlin's head. But they're uh, really drunk idiots who have been calling for his head For 16 years, he's never had a losing season. I'm a season ticket holder. I've never been around more idiots in my life, drunk idiots (laughs) that think they know everything. The guy's never lost, had a losing season, but they want to fire him every time he loses a game. I think there's racial overtones to it. They're vulgar. They'll blame him for the weather, let alone football losses. The Niners are a Super Bowl team, KW. They went in there and did what they do. They beat their ass because they're way better than the Steelers.
4: And look again—that's a not- that's a motivated Niners team. I thought that was lost a little bit in the breakdown there. That Niners team, with what they went through in that NFC title game, where the Philadelphia Eagles knocked out every quarterback they tried to put in the football game—it was just a completely different story overall with the way that that played out. And look for Pittsburgh too. Look, every- Mike Tomlin is great as an underdog, Scott. You know this. But not if everybody knows he's great as an underdog. Now that people get off the bandwagon, I do think, and I like that Browns team, I think they could be in some trouble going to Pittsburgh. Now, look, I know we're talking football, but I'll be damned if I have Scott Farrell on and I don't take an opportunity to talk a little basketball here. Scott, Team USA, it was embarrassing. We all know it. LeBron comes out today. I'm coming back, and I'm going to recruit Steph. Durant and all the top guys do you actually think they show up and play the Olympics and roll everybody the way Team USA is supposed to
6: I don't know about rolling everyone the way they're supposed to but if they want to have a chance to win the gold in Paris I think they're going to need to assemble that kind of stacked team because this team was athletic but they clearly didn't gel with one another and I I think Reeves is a player, but to hear that he's the best player on that team and the best player (laughs) in the FIBA to me is almost a problem. And I agree with Kurt that the rest of the world is caught up. There's all kinds of really good players that play on teams internationally, as you know, that are good. The one story that threw me off today was Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, What a mess he's got on his hands uh, with this uh, domestic violence case and strangulation. Uh, He's got a nightmare. Uh, that's a problem for him, and he's a great player, but now he's got off-court issues big time with the po-po and courts. That's not going to end well. And then you got that uh, scene with uh, Tucker up in East Lansing. He's got a nightmare on his hands, too. The gift that keeps on giving, guys having problems outside their job.
4: Yeah, no, it's a lot of these guys. They can't keep their head on straight. Now that Michigan State team plays Penix, he's on a Heisman hunt, too, out there in UW this weekend, so... Uh, That game will will be interesting potentially for the wrong reasons. It is what it is. You know, you mentioned quick, Scott, just we only got about, you know, 30 seconds or whatever here. But you think Texas is back? Are you buying the Longhorns after they beat Nick Saban in their building?
6: I am. I got the game wrong. I lost the bet. I hit a lot of good bets, but I lost that one. Uh, You know, I don't bet against Alabama and Tuscaloosa. They got uh, their dinner served. I thought yours was incredible. He stood up the whole game, KW. He never got hit and he just did whatever he wanted to. Their speed on the outside, their size at tight end, their defense and physicality and viciousness attacking the ball in packs. Uh, I think they should be rated number two right now after that win. Michigan, with their two drab wins, doesn't deserve it. I also put Florida State ahead of Michigan. I'd put Michigan 4, USC 5. You beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa like that, not only should they be the number two team in the country, I got no problem if somebody thinks they should be number one right now.
4: I agree. I right, Listen, Georgia's going out there playing Ball State. I mean, I think they played my high school right. in week one. The whole thing's a complete joke. Scott, you're the best. You know where to catch them coast to coast right here on Sports Grid 3 to 6 p.m. Scott, you're the best. We'll do it again.
6: Hey, congrats on the gig, KW. You're killing it, my man. My man. Appreciate it, Scotty.
4: We'll be back talking some more week one right here.
1: Every time.
2: And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: Ba ba ba
4: Back right here. Game time decisions on sports. Good. I'm your host, Kevin Walsh. Appreciate Scott Farrell. Stopping by, of course, tonight. The Buffalo Bills, the New York Jets. I already told you, like, the over one-and-a-half passing touchdowns from Josh Allen in this game. Truly mystifying. I, I know the weather. Maybe this sounds silly for me to acknowledge that he missed it both games against the Jets last year. But juice is juice. Value is value. That being minus 106 to the over. When it's minus 160 for Joe Burrow. When it's two-and-a-half passing touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes. Different defenses, different situations. I hear you. But there's value on that number tonight. And there's value on a couple of numbers tonight. That Buffalo backfield has my attention. Fascinated by the New York Jets receiving room as well. We will get through all of that here. Joe Lisi will stop by in 15 minutes to go through his Monday night football slate as well as talking some of the reactions out of week number one. Uh, as I know, they, I mean, he's probably going to show up to this show wearing a Los Angeles Rams jersey. If I had to guess, boy, uh, did he nail that game. And, and not just the in terms of the cover, in terms of the outright, but the way the game was going to play out. He was absolutely all over it. And that game is a perfect transition into what, to me, looks like the biggest movement of the week. What did the books believe in? What caught the books' eye? Clearly, the San Francisco 49ers. Taking a look at one book here, the San Francisco 49ers to win the division. We're a minus 165 favorite before week number one. Seattle checked in at plus 200. Rams, of course, big long shot, 10 to 1. The Cardinals name your number type of price at 27 to 1. And after one week of football, what do they do to those numbers? Cardinals 65 to 1. They are terrible. Rams sit 10 to 1 flats. Okay, maybe no respect. Seattle back to 6 to 1. Look at that San Francisco number. Minus 410. Odds makers calling this division over after one week of football. And by the way, there's other spots they could have done this. Jacksonville was the only team to win in the AFC South and were a comparable favorite in their division. They only jumped up to minus 185. Oddsmakers largely left the South alone. I think that's the right move. Jacksonville wasn't as impressive as a double-digit victory would suggest. I believe the South is wide open. I do not believe that it is wide open at the top there with San Francisco 49ers. In fact, one book... Took the Niners and made them Super Bowl favorites. Plus, plus 475. Now, that number's come back a bounce, but still. The, all the, the, the belief in San Fran is for real. And take an eye on their schedule. First seven weeks of football here. In fact, let's go first eight weeks because they have a bye week nine. At the Rams, they're laying eight in that football game. Home against the Giants. They'll lay over a touchdown. Home against the Cardinals, they might flirt with laying two touchdowns. Home against Dallas, tough game, no doubt. Dallas looked great. They, of course, will be a favorite. At Cleveland, I expect them to still lay a number. At Minnesota, certainly going to be over a field goal favorite and then hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. Favorite in their first eight games, no questions asked. And only two of those games with Cincinnati and Dallas are against the top. They're going to lay it over a touchdown in their next three games, which will provide who an opportunity to show that he belongs in the MVP race. That is, of course, Rock Purdy. Rock Purdy, 220 passing yards against this vaunted Steelers defense. Two passing touchdowns, no problem. Didn't turn it over. Chipped in 20 yards on the ground because why not? I bet, and I told you all, a Brock Purdy number of 50 to 1 to win the MVP. At that same book, it is 40 to 1. Not a ton of movement, a bit, not a ton. There are 13 quarterbacks in front of Brock Purdy on that book. Seven of those quarterbacks are not favored to win their division. Tua, Burrow, Herbert, Rogers, Dak Fields, stop it, wake up, move his numbers. They moved on every other book. Deshaun Watson the MVP without winning your division you're not and then there are six other quarterbacks in front of Brock Purdy that are favored to win right Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Lamar Trevor Lawrence, Jared Goff other than Goff those five quarterbacks are 15 to 1 or less and you're getting 40 to 1 still on Brock Purdy tremendous value on him to win MVP I know it's hard to believe I know he wasn't around one pick I know he doesn't have the pedigree He showed it last year. He's on the right roster. People were betting Trey Lance when he wasn't even supposed to be the starter. Either of these last couple of seasons, people were still betting Trey Lance. This offseason, Trey Lance had a better price than Brock Purdy to win win the NFL MVP award, despite the fact that everybody knew he wasn't going to win that job. Purdy has tremendous, tremendous value. But if we're talking MVP, we now have to talk about Tua Tungavailoa. We have to talk a little bit about Tyreek Hill, even perhaps in that same market. The Miami Dolphins superstar combination here has forced movement on the market. Tua, again, it depends where you are looking. At one place, he is the third option to win the MVP behind Mahomes and Josh Allen. At another, he is co-favorites with Patrick Mahomes. Here's what's interesting about Tua, though. If you had to give out the MVP of that game against the Los Angeles Chargers, do you think they would give it to Tua or Tyreek? I think they'd give it to Tyreek Hill, 101 to win the MVP award. Now, I don't think Tyreek is going to win MVP because I do not think the MVP award is going to a wide receiver. But it's also why I don't think the MVP award is going to Tua tungavailoa Also, and again, look, hand up. Their offense performed... Better than I expected if they scored 36 points. But also, Tua's passing prop was one of my favorite bets heading into yesterday. The number 258 and a half was slanderous. He hit it at the half of that football game. But didn't everybody? isn't everybody supposed to be worried about Tua's health? And now you're going to lock in season-long money as, a, as an MVP favorite? I, that can't be done. That can't be done. Now what can be done is betting Tyreek Hill to win the Offensive Player of the Year. That number is between, uh, that number was at around 11-1, to 1, co-favorite with Justin Jefferson. You've got our, plus. you got a plus 950 number though, now popping on Tyreek, as he is the favorite to win Offensive Player of the Year. And that's exactly where he belongs. This award won last year by Justin Jefferson, the year prior by Cooper Cup. It's jumping off the page now a little bit as that wide receiver award. The league changes, they all put up gaudy numbers, and the best of the best are legit. And Tyreek Hill is chasing 2,000 yards. He wants it, Mike McDaniel will help him get it, and Tua Tungavailoa is good enough to help Tyreek get there. And what a start. 11 catches, 215 yards, and two touchdowns. Honestly, tell me I'm crazy. Tell me I'm wrong. That if people had to vote on the MVP today, their ballot wouldn't have Tyreek Hill over Tua Tonga vailoa That's the move. That's the number. Defense, though, by the way, was still ripped to shreds against the Los Angeles Chargers. Keep that in mind. That defense without Jalen Ramsey is vulnerable. I'm not buying all the way into these Miami Super Bowl numbers. It was a great performance. Brandon Staley's a joke, by the way. How many times do I have to say that to people? All, of it, all the value he adds, you know, wins over expected with the ability to go for it on fourth. Okay, got it. We're okay. I like that he goes for it on fourth down too. But here's what has consistently been lost in the Brandon Staley conversation. He was a defensive coordinator. He is supposed to be a defensive genius. The only time anybody was ever able to say that with a straight face was actually last year against these Miami Dolphins. And then he was completely embarrassed by that same team, Mike McDaniel adjusted. Brandon Staley did not. Brandon Staley is on the hot seat. That Chargers team. Look, maybe injuries derail it again because that's what injuries do with this Charger franchise essentially. But if that if this Chargers team getting to the playoffs is not good enough for that roster, it's just not good enough. Let's talk a couple rookie, rookies here quickly. Bijan Robinson's the favorite still to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Anthony Richardson moved into second. Bryce Young is plus 850 out of shop, 9 to 1, Jameer Gibbs. And then odds movement in favor of both Zay Flowers, who's really good for Baltimore, as well as Jordan Addison, who caught a touchdown. CJ Stroud jumps back. He is still underneath 20 to 1, but a lot of movement on Stroud, pushing him kind of out of that top six. Here's what stands out to me, though. Go to that Atlanta Falcons box score, take a look at the final statistics there. For their running back room, Bijan Robinson, one touchdown through the air, six catches, 27 yards, receiving. So you thought he was going to get involved in the passing game, wasn't super explosive, caught the touchdown, had three more catches than Tyler Algier. Great. On the ground, 15 carries for Algier, 75 yards, two rushing touchdowns. Bijan, 10 carries for 56 yards and no touchdowns. Bijan is supremely talented, but so is Jameer Gibbs, and Jameer Gibbs is more talented than David Montgomery, and that didn't stop a preposterous two-to-one carry ratio getting put forward in Detroit. Bijan cannot be the level of favorite that he is if he is the backup to Tyler Algier. Keep that in mind in this market. I am still, my pick is still Jameer Gibbs. I don't find the need to reinvest. Neither of those rookie quarterbacks, none of them, all three of them, were able to grab wins, and their football teams don't look great. You guys know I'm interested in the Texans. We'll see. They go and play the Indianapolis Colts in their own building this week. It'll be a big one to check out. We'll talk to Joe about some of this as well, of course, Monday Night Football. Joe Lisi next here on Game Time Decisions.
5: producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh,
2: And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: Ba da ba ba ba.
4: Back right here on Game Time Decisions. I'm your host, Kevin Walsh, and my co-host on both Pro Football Today and College Football Today. Joe Lisi pops in here. Joe! How are we feeling, (laughs) LA Rams, baby, my man? How are you? (laughs) Doing fantastic,
7: Kev. I mean, what a beatdown on Geno Smith, 30 to 17, unbelievable output, and 30 Mm -hmm. to 13. I mean, great effort by Stafford, 334. And we have a great game tonight between the Bills and Jets. I'll chomp it at the bit for this one.
4: So, look, let's get there, Joe, because then I want to circle back and get some of your thoughts on Sunday and, and what you were seeing. But talk to me a little bit here on this this game tonight and ultimately what you're expecting. The Buffalo Bills, a two-point favorite in the matchup. The total for the game, 44-and-a-half.
7: Yeah, I lean to the Buffalo Bills in terms of the physicality of the offense and defense aligns. The quarterback position, I think, favors Josh Allen, not just through the air cap. I expect a big day out of Josh Allen on the ground. His total is 38 and a half. I altered this line all the way up to nine and a half. I think they could win by double digits, even though they struggled last year. This was the game Josh Allen got hurt. I'm just not a buyer of Aaron Rodgers in game number one, but we'll see how it plays out
4: you know joe obviously the fascinating thing is is Rodgers in a new system and Rodgers has been great in his career as an underdog but that's with the green bay packers what do you expect from Rodgers here in a debut with the new york jets I think
7: they're gonna need the rushing attack of Dalvin Cook and his total's right in the area of about forty-seven and a half in this ballgame. I think they need the rushing attack to take the pressure off of Aaron Rodgers, not make him one-dimensional. And they need to stay in manageable third-down situations. But again, knowing how Buffalo finished the playoff series in terms of they get blown out at home in Orchard Park by Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, it's a divisional opponent. They've had six months of preparation we know about the offseason locker room issue between josh allen and 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 stefan Diggs. i think they're going to get after it tonight i think they're aggressive much the way dallas Mm. was they look to jump up early and put the pressure on the new york jets to play from behind and that's why i favor the bills in this matchup but i'm going over the total last night's total was what 44 and a half 45 i'm going over tonight in terms of the 45 number tonight
4: I I tried to get involved with the total last night, Joe. Just look, Sunday night, I thought it made sense. You get one team to put up forward. You get another team that shut out. How much of that had to do with the weather? Maybe a little bit. The weather tonight, from what I'm able to tell, early in the game, there could be some trouble. As it goes on, it should get better. Are you worried about weather at all tonight with yourself betting this over? No, if it's light rain, I'm not worried in any capacity. If it's windy and we have wind
7: gusts 40, 50 miles an hour, then, yeah, that could be a problem. But, no, both quarterbacks should be able to play in light rain. I'm not worried about inclement weather. I am worried, though, about the Jets' your attack. And, again, that is the key for this ballgame. If you're backing the Jets, they need to be balanced and they need to run the football, and I just don't think they could do it on the front seven of the Buffalo Bills tonight.
4: Yeah, you know, obviously the matchup of the two cooks here. I'm out. I'm on. Look, I'm on James Cook tonight, Joe. I, I think too. that he is is going to have himself a nice night here. I took the over rush yards, but look, I don't mind playing a little spoiler. I'm on his is over longest rush is my best bet, twelve and a half. Take a look last year, Dalvin, uh, James Cook, rather, excuse me, had four games with double digit rush attempts. His rush attempt prop, by the way, ten and a half. He's supposed to control that backfield in those games with double digit rush attempts. 14 carries, 64 yards, 11 carries, 53 yards, 11 carries, 86, and 11 for 99. But here's the more important thing, Joe. His longest run in all those games, 28, 33, 29, 27. I think you see James Cook pop a big one. I like the over-rush yards because I love the over-longest rush.
7: I'm with you. I'm on his total. I took it a little bit earlier this morning at 43-and-a-half. It's down to 42-and-a-half. And anytime touchdown, I took it at plus 180. I see right there it's plus 175. Don't be surprised if they utilize James Cook in terms of the short-to-intermediate passing game. That was his strength coming out of Georgia, especially in big ball games, games in terms of the college football playoff SEC championship. James Cook made plays in terms of the passing game. So keep an eye out for that, Kev.
4: Yeah, look, I, I think that the, the use of both backfields, of course, you know, will, will be fascinating here for these teams tonight. But, Joe, I want to pick your brain a little bit from the weekend here. Uh, and, look, the Rams game, it's a tip of the cap. Uh, Donnie, actually, today we were talking on Moneyline. He's like, I can't wait to talk to Joe and give him his credit, <laughs> man, uh, with, with the way that, that, that game obviously played out. But one game that I know both you and I were on was the Eagles-Patriots game. And, and I bet the over – 44 and a half, the early beginning of this game, like, oh, man, I can't wait to victory lap this bet, you know, (laughs) midway through the third quarter. It, It ended up being a sweat. It shouldn't have been. It was. And you bet the Philadelphia Eagles. And that ended up being a sweat. And it shouldn't have been. But it was. What did you take away from Philly and New England? Well, again, I'm very
7: impressed in terms of the front seven of the Philadelphia Eagles. We know about Jalen Carter. We know about Jordan Davis. They have old man Fletcher Cox there as well. At the end of the day, they won that ballgame for the Philadelphia Eagles. The secondary shut down Mac Jones and the passing attack, but they allowed the front seven to get there, and they pressured him early and often. And New England could get a a consistent rushing attack going, especially in the fourth quarter. They made them one-dimensional. I will say this, Kev. You have Brian Johnson, new offensive coordinator. Granted, he was the quarterback's coach. But you know how I feel about coordinators. It takes them a few games to understand how that talent responds in game situations. And those coordinators can be either less or more aggressive than Steichen and Gannon, respectively. So, at the end of the day, it was a gutty effort. They showed their mental resolve and overcame a very difficult opponent on the road. That's a gutty win. But now we have to see that consistency play out over the next two to three weeks. I'm not nervous. That was a great effort by the defense last night.
4: Yeah, you know, and that's the one thing I do think that's a little interesting, Joe, some of the commentary coming out. I saw some people say New England should feel better than the Eagles coming out of the game. I thought that was crazy. There was no. a lot of people that liked you know, New England to cover the number, New England to win that football game. They didn't. They were getting embarrassed early in the matchup. They certainly came back. But the Eagles did everything that they needed to do in order to cross the finish line in that football game. I agree with you here. You know, Joe, I go through the rest of this slate, and the – Again, the game between the the Dolphins and the Chargers has everybody talking here. Tua Tungavailoa, the odds for the MVP are on the move here. The Chargers defensively, I mean, there's just no excuse to have that type of talent and get burned in a big way. But maybe I'm not giving Mike McDaniel, Tua, and Tyreek enough credit. What did you take away from Chargers-Dolphins?
7: A great effort. I mean, again, can to stay healthy for 17 games? I mean, we, when you look at the L.A. Chargers, you don't think right off the bat a dominant defense, right? Outside of Bosa, what do they have? They don't have playmakers that can pressure the quarterback to ahead all day. So when you look at big picture, if you're looking at the Miami Dolphins, I need to see that performance against a team like the Buffalo Bills, against a solid front seven in the AFC that they're going to go up against. That's what I need to see play out. If they can do that, and grind games out as the season progresses in terms of the rushing attack, I think they're going to be fine, but I can't put money on with on tour based off that performance because it's still a concern of him playing 16 more regular season games, Kev.
4: Yeah, and again, I don't think that's certain. Sometimes I wonder if it's unfair that we are always worried about the Tua concussions, but... It's just his situation was far different. All of them happened on prime time. They were scary situations, and I think that's ultimately why that was the, the situation. I want to ask you about a forgotten game, Joe, if you don't mind. But it was the game between the Vikings and the Bucks. Now, listen, I, don't, I know that you were you know, interested in Minnesota. I don't bring it up for that reason one bit. Tampa Bay is a team that was booked by, as one of the worst teams in the league. That puzzled me a little bit. I don't think I think Baker Mayfield in some aspects has gotten a raw deal. You know, one of the big reasons he was pushed out of Cleveland is because they were dead set on bringing in the Sean Watson. Matt Rule in Carolina were always a mess. I thought he flashed a couple of things on short notice with the Los Angeles Rams, and we know they still have pieces on the defensive side of the ball. You never want to overreact to one week, but I like what I saw, what was able to see out of Tampa Bay in that matchup on the road to pull out the win.
7: Agreed. Uh, I again, that defense to me was more impressive than anything else. Again, if we're going to get that type of defensive effort to contain Kirk Cousins, now they did they they try to contain Justin Jefferson, but not many defenses can for the most part. But they forced them to methodically work down the field. They didn't give up a lot of chunk plays, especially in the second half, and that's what you want to see. That was the concern about Todd Bowles in terms of becoming a head coach: would the defense fall off a cliff? and we've seen slight regression, but they got back on track with a quality road win. And again, now, I tend to put O'Connell in the same type of category of Brandon Staley now. You have offensive pieces. You have offensive weapons. Where's the consistency? The defense falls apart in critical situations. You could win regular season games, but what can you do in terms of making a playoff push? I put him on the hot seat as well. It's one thing to win 13 games, but at the end of the day, with this team, they really should have blew Tampa Bay out.
4: They Listen, they – at minimum, they shouldn't be held at 17 points. And, 17 points. and, and here's the thing, too. You, you know, you kind of flip through the box score a little bit, right? You know, Kirk Cousins, this is how he gets away with this. they ah, 344 yards, two touchdowns. Ah, Kirk Cousins, big numbers, big numbers. Go in a football game. They have some ugly regression coming their way, though. They got away with it a lot last year. Every close football game went their way, not this year. Also – As I said to people, and look, Alexander Madison found the end zone, and I got it. He's not better than Dalvin Cook. Tony Pollard replacing Zeke is not the same as Alexander Madison replacing Dalvin Cook. That team got worse with that move, not better. Speaking of Tony Pollard, last night, Joe, I mean, he looked great. Dallas dominated uh, in, uh, you know, incredible fashion. Is the takeaway for you more on how good Dallas was or how bad the Giants were?
7: A little – I'd say more on the Giants because Brian Dable over-exceeded over expectations with, I'd say, one of the worst talents in, in terms of the NFC, right? There were not a lot of playmakers, and he got more out of that team than any other coach You can make the assessment as opposed to P. Carroll. P. Carroll and Brian Dable did – did more with less than anybody in terms of the National Football League. Now you add Darren Waller, and he was in that lineup. Saquon comes back. You add playmakers around Daniel Jones, and the offensive line completely falls apart.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped
1: this charming devil.